To all my heavy hitters and lockdown defenders, welcome to the 30-Minute Lockdown, episode 16, man. We're back in the building, man, each and every Thursday, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And all your popular platforms to get your podcast from, I'm your host, Coach Defense, back with episode 16 of the 30-Minute Lockdown, man, where we give you 30 minutes or less of news and views of the NBA and NFL sports world. And man, man, oh man, it's been a wild two weeks, man. There's been a lot going on, a lot of things happening, a lot of work being uh, put into this culminating moment of the NFL draft, right? Uh, if you've been watching the show for the last four weeks, I've done a breakdown series uh, uh, week by week of uh, who I feel like are under the radar ergo air sleepers uh, for the NFL draft. And I'm proud to say, I am proud to say that every sleeper I underscored in the draft outside of one guy, which I'm still amazed that he didn't get drafted, they all got drafted. So I'm going to run down exactly who I underscored as being sleepers and where they landed, and uh, quickly and briefly give you a, a, a idea of what you're getting if this is your, is your team. Uh, they drafted this guy, and who, uh, who, what type of player you likely will get when he gets into camp. So um, let's start off with, as you can see on the screen, we week one we had quarterbacks, wide receiver, tight ends. Week two, running backs, O-line. Week three, edge, interior D-line, and inside linebacker. And then week four, we did quarterback and safeties right before the draft. So it was a pretty good series, man. I liked it, man. It was definitely good. So... I definitely think there was something we could, uh, you know, continue to do in the future. But, um, but yeah, let's get into the sleepers itself, man. So, start of week one, we did quarterbacks. I had Hendon Hooker uh, as a as a sleeper. He went to the Lions mid rounds. I had Max Duggan, uh, seven. He went in the seventh round to the Chargers. Uh, Trey Palmer, uh, a wide receiver. I had him going uh, mid rounds. He went to the Bucks. Marvin Mims, I had as a sleeper as a wide receiver. He went to the Broncos. Uh, Tucker Craft, he went to the Packers, and Zach Koontz went to the Jets. So. Uh, I think that the Lions actually got their future starter in Henry Hooker. I do believe that. I think him coming off that ACL injury, once he gets fully healthy and whole and trusts that knee again, I think that he will be the eventual starter for the Lions after Jared Goff's contract is up. I really do believe that. And I think Max Duggan will round out to be an excellent, excellent backup for Justin Herbert. Uh, you know, if, had, if we had a Max Duggan type uh, last uh, season, we could have had maybe rested Justin a couple of weeks for that rib injury he had. And ultimately, you know, uh, been, been been all right. And then he could have got healthy, got whole, and we might have had not been the hole that we were in midseason. You know, we dug our survival pretty well, made the playoffs. But yeah, you know, who say who say a backup quarterback and a viable one wouldn't have been a good good option? So we get we went out and got Max Duggan in the second round, seventh round. I like that. Trey Palmer went to the Bucks. I think he's a really good speedy slot receiver uh, for the Bucks. Now, granted, I mean that's just uh, embarrassing the riches from a receiver standpoint. He still have a quarterback, but I do believe he he's definitely a flyer in the, in, the, in the down the field guy. Uh, so you got uh, you got Mike Evans and you got Chris Godwin and you got Russell Gage already. Um, so you add the fourth one in Trey Palmer, they can stretch the field. So they got plenty of people they can run. That's for sure. That's for sure. Um, and then Marvin Mann was going to the Broncos. I really think he's another field stretcher and maybe a special teams guy. I think that, uh, you know, it's interesting to see how the Broncos are going to deploy him because they got the receiving core they have already. They didn't move anybody. They still got Jerry Judy, Corlin Sutton, Tim Patrick, Hamler. So they got four good ones. So they had Marvin Mim to the fold, and maybe they move on from somebody uh, before the season starts. But, uh, yeah, I think that Marvin Mims will fit in and fold in well with another Sean Payton offense. I think Sean Payton likes his skill set. There's the reason why he drafted him mid-round. And the, the Packers drafted Tucker Craft. Uh, with their second uh, tight end pick of the draft, which is kind of odd, uh, kind of, you know, messed me up because I feel like that might have messed with the Chargers draft board because I feel like they might have gone tight end had they not picked two consecutive tight ends in back-to-back rounds. So they messed up the whole order of things. So, but they got Tucker Craft, and I think he's a good, really good tight end for them between him and Luke Musgrave. 
I think they got a great tight end room now. I, I like what the Packers are doing. And Zach Coons going to the Jets and being able to catch pass of Aaron Rodgers as a six foot eight tight end running a four five forty and he can jump out of the gym. Someone a big, you know, nice, trustworthy target and highly athletic. I think the Jets got a steal in the seventh round. I'm surprised nobody jumped on Zach Coons before the seventh, but the Jets did it. And hey, kudos to them. So moving on to the next group, we had running backs and O line. Now, Sean Tucker was the only one, and I really thought that there was a misstep about not drafting him. And people had a little bit of issue with his injury uh, that he happened mysteriously last season. But, you know, when he's healthy and holding, and he is healthy and holding now, I think he's a baller. And he picked up, he got picked up by the Bucks as a UDFA, undrafted free agent. So uh, I think he'll make the team. You know, honestly, I think he might be a back, the backup to eventual shot of Rashad White. So look out for Sean Tucker. If Chase Brown got drafted by the Bengals being around, I think he's going to be the backup to Joe Mixon. I, I, I have no doubt about that. Uh, very good pickup for them. Uh, Ken J. Miller good to the Saints. I think he's going to be a spell back for uh, Amar, uh, Alvin Kamara. So I think that he might be the second one, second person on the depth chart come uh, come uh, training camp. And off the line, Cody Mock went to the Bucks. I think that was a really good pickup uh, for them. I think that they were uh, ultimately... Uh, I guess you can say needy and from an interior line perspective, and maybe an offensive tackle perspective, because I think they let Donovan Smith go, which I think he eventually got picked up by the Chiefs. So they got Tristan Wirth, and then they're going to replace him with Cody Mox. I think that was a great move. Uh, Blake Freeland, uh, he went to uh, he went to the Colts, and they had need, had needs in the interior O line. Um, maybe tackle, maybe fights for the uh, their right tackle spot. Uh, actually, left tackle might be more of a, a, a viable spot for him than than uh, than right tackle. But I think left tackle is open. Um, Bernard Raymond, Bernhard Raymond is there now, but I think Black Freeman can challenge him. Uh, Juice Scruggs in interior line with two Texans. I think that was a great pickup for them. So you're gonna pair up Juice Scruggs probably at center, uh, and with Keon Green and Tunsil on that left side, and Shaq Mason that they traded for. So they got four four stellar linemen out of the five, and I think the Texans are ready to roll, man. I really do. And the Ravens, a sneaky pick. Uh, they picked up Andrew Voorhees, who would be a, a mid-round pick, maybe high mid-rounds, had he not hit towards ACL. So, and the Ravens just just got really wise and smart in the, in the very end of the draft and picked him up and registered him basically for a year and have him whole and healthy as he comes off that ACL injury. So he's already had surgery. He's in recovery. So they basically will deploy him next season. And he'll be healthy and whole and just, just take a register year. And they got three good years to use him before they have to pay him. So that was definitely a good move by the Ravens, man. So shout out to them. So then moving on to the edge rushers, my guy, <laughs> out of Tomawa, out of Boare, uh, out of Northwestern, he didn't go to the fourth round to the Colts. I was very shocked at that. I was actually looking for the Chargers to pick him up in the second round, and they actually got my other sleeper, Tuli Tui Pulotu from the USC, which is, I mean, I'm not mad at that pick at all either. But yet again, I thought they were going to go out of Boare. They went Tuli. But yet again, either one is still, still a steal, in my opinion. And fourth-round grade, well, not a fourth-round grade, I want to say, but a fourth-round pick for the Colts and a second-round pick for the Chargers. They they both got good, solid edge rushers. And I think they both have a skill set, even though they listed as an edge, they both have a skill set that can play in interior and on the edge as pass rushers. So look out for those two guys. Being You know, Adebar been paired up with um, – with the Colts, uh, you got Quiddy Pay on the edge, and you got uh, your guy, God, why is his name escaping me right at the moment? But they're into your pass rusher. I'm going to find it in a minute. But those two behemoths in the middle, man, I mean, oh, Lord, I'm just like, come on now. That's not that's that's not even fighting fair. It's not fighting fair. You don't mean to tell me 
that they have a they already have a prototype in a sense of uh, a D tackle that's already there. Now he asked for trade, which is mysterious, uh, going through the uh, early parts of the offseason. But uh, but he's there, and you know, DeForest Buckner, you got DeForest Buckner on the interior and Adabawari on the in, on the interior, and it's Samson Ekabon and Quiddy Pay on the edge. That's a formidable D line. That's a formidable D line. They're gonna they're gonna make some noise next year. I, I definitely fully fully hope they're gonna make some noise. So Adabawari teamed up with DeForest Buckner and Suli teamed up with Khalil Mack and Sebastian Joseph Day and Joey Bosa and those guys. I think the pass rush got is definitely went up. Definitely went up and went up high when it comes down to uh, the guys they picked up on, on the edge as sleepers. Interior D-line, Ke- uh, Keanu Benson, which is the Steelers. I think that's a great steal for the Steelers. I really believe that. That was a great steal for the Steelers. They line him up next to Cam Hayward, learn from Cam Hayward but for the next couple of years for sure. And what already got uh, Alex Highsmith and TJ Watt on the edge, I think they're right back. I think they'll, they're not missing the beat by losing Hargrave two years ago at this point. I think they're right back getting Keanu Benson uh, to come in and play D-tackle interior D-line for them. And then Gervon Dexter Sr. went to the Bears late round. I think that's a steal for them. I mean, they, they picked him up. They picked him up before Noah Sewell who was also a sleeper. But I will say that's a steal for them too. Lining him up in the interior of that defense with Noah Sewell and those linebackers, T.J. Edwards and, and, and Trey Edmonds in the, in, in, the, in the second level of this defense, I like, the, I like what the Bears are doing. I really do. And I think Gervon and Noah both want to play. Um, Noah might more so play on special teams in the beginning because they paid some linebackers, you know, TJ Edwards and uh, Trey Edmonds. But I think that he'll eventually f- fall right in. And they got the kid Jack Sanborn who pulled out last year when they let go of uh, Roquan Smith and traded him to the Eagles. So I think the defense is coming up and the offense definitely have got some weapons now as well. I'm loving what the Bears are doing and they're trending up in the right direction. And last but not least on this list is Drew Sanders. I love the way the Broncos got and out of Drew Sanders because he's to me, he's a combo linebacker. Now, this is a guy that played edge rusher for Alabama two years ago. He transferred in, in his final season and played interior linebacker for Arkansas. I mean, if you can pick up the idea of playing edge for practically your whole college career and then flip to interior linebacker and do well and be drafted high in the third round, I think that tells you a lot about his in- intelligence. I think that he picks up the game pretty well and he moves really fast and he he diagnoses and understands the position and, and can play it at a high level at that early on. I think they got to steal because you can you can deploy him multiple ways. You can rush him, you can use him in coverage, you can see three down linebacker on any facet, and you can do you can use him in a multitude of ways. So I love what they did with Drew Sanders as well. So that's a great pickup for them. So overall, um, you know, like I said, those sleepers are definitely, you know, uh you know, something that the, the teams are going to get. I think they're going to get high production out of them, um, you know, from an interior line perspective. Now, the cornerbacks and the safeties are nothing to sneeze at either. Now, Cam Smith went to the Dolphins, and I think that was, might be the one and only good pick that they had uh, in this draft, but we'll get into that in a minute. And Riley Moss, the Broncos come right back again to pick up another sleeper of mine. Like, might have been listening to my podcast. I don't know. But Riley Moss being picked up by the Broncos right behind uh, – Right behind their linebacker, Drew Sanders, they picked up. So Riley Moss is a very good sleeper corner, and I think he might individually start for them. I, opposite Patrick Sertan. So I think Riley Moss is a smooth, fast, and athletic corner, and I think he's going to be really good for them. And then the Raiders turned around and picked up Ja'Cory Bennett that I, that I underscored that came out of Maryland. You know, he's more of an outside corner, but he runs a 4 three forty. So, you know, that being that boundary, you know, outside corner, he will be – he can stick at and he can do well. And he could get a lot, he could see a lot of action early on with the Raiders because the secondary is, is young. 
So I think they definitely can fold him in with his speed and his ability to run, his physical play. I think the Raiders got to steal there as well. And from the safety perspective, Jair Brown went to the 49ers and they first picked. That was a great pickup, and I think that might be the only pick that I think I like as well that they that they grabbed because they they draft was a little bit shaky. But um, definitely say that Jair Brown has been a hybrid safety, uh, you know, in that scheme. I think that he's going to be a baller for the 49ers. Same thing with Jotarius Martin. I think the commander scored with him, uh, picking him up as a hybrid safety as well to team him up with uh, Emmanuel Forbes. And we'll talk about Emmanuel Forbes in a minute. But uh, him being a combo slot slash safety, you know, a lot of people call him a poor man's Brian Branch. So if he can do anything similar to what Brian Branch did in college for the commanders, I think they got a steal. And then the Chiefs turned around and got Shamari Connor in the mid-rounds. And I think he's going to be a good hybrid safety for them as well. It's a good physical tackling corner, safety and slash slot, slot corner that can definitely be uh, an aid in you know, almost like he might, he might kind of feel that honey badger role that they had Tyron Matthew doing uh, a few years ago. That might be what uh, what Spagnola has in, the, in his mind when he drafted him. So I think that might be a good look for them, I'm telling you. So look out for Shamari Connor as well, man. So those are my sleepers. So if you had to take a, a quick account of what uh, what everybody went, the Bucks got three of my sleepers, the Broncos got three, the Chargers got two, the Bears got two, the Colts got two, Steelers got two, the 49ers, the 49ers, Chiefs, Commanders, Dolphins, Jets, Lions, Packers, Raiders, Ravens, Saints, and Texas all got one. Like I said, only one guy that I picked out of all his sleeper list didn't get drafted right out, but he definitely got picked up as a UDFA. So, yeah, man, I, I, I'm definitely loving what, this, what these guys are doing, and I think that these guys are going to be household names come uh, the regular season. So, now, getting into the, the draft itself, right, as we break this down, I had a I had a couple of questions in regards to each round, right? You know, starting off with, you know, what happened, you know, each round. I had a headline for each round. So there's certain things that happened, and I was kind of like, why do they do that versus this, right? And it was a very head scratch to me, and I still don't understand. And I think it's going to raise ugly head and come back to bite them when uh, it gets to the time for them to play. So first and foremost, the first round, the commanders opting to take Emmanuel Forbes with Christian Gonzalez still being on the board. I think that was a head scratcher. I really, I really would don't believe that Christian Gonzalez lasted as long as he did. Like, I think that I was even questioning whether or not he would go before Devin Witherspoon because he's more athletic and he's more he's faster and he's more uh, I guess you can say smooth from a cornerback perspective. And I think he can fit in any system. He can play slot, he can play outside, he can do it all. Uh, he can do it all. And he has a skill set and athleticism to do it all. Emmanuel Forbes, to me, I had a lot of questions. I mean, people give him a lot of credit for, about it from his ball skills perspective, you know, because he had like six pick sixes in his career or something like that in college. But he's small. He's only 177 pounds. He's tall. He's small. He's not as fast as Christian Gonzalez at all. And he's not even fast as Deontay Banks. So the idea of the, of the commander taking Forbes over Gonzalez or Banks, even if for that reason, got me scratching my head. Like, I think they're going to live to regret that. I really do. I mean, much as I like that Jatavius Martin pick, I think if they picked Christian Gonzalez and Jatavius Martin, they'd have been living right. But to me, the mere fact that they pick Emmanuel Forbes, not to say that he won't have a decent career for them, but I think it was a misstep. I really do. Uh, round two, the Seahawks taking Derek Hall versus B.J. Ojolari. I think B.J. Ojolari is a ver much more polished edge rusher than Derek Hall is. I think Derek Hall is a little bit one of a one-trick pony. He's just all power, and he's a little bit stiff in his pass rushing moves. 
So I got a feeling that the Seahawks might regret that. And I think B.J. Ojolari is going to pop faster than Derek Hall does. I think that was a little bit of a head scratcher, too. Now, round three, the, the Green Bay Packers made me scratch my head because they not they had some glaring issues for me in, on the O-line. And they took two tight ends back-to-back rounds instead of taking the O-lineman, who, which was ready available for them to take. There was quite a few guys on the board that were viable there were viable options, and they did not take any of them. They took Luke, Luke, Luke Musgrave and Tucker Craft in, in back-to-back rounds. I didn't get that at all. I didn't get that at all. Scratch my head. In the fourth round, uh, the Rams taking Stetson Bennett when they were having Matthew Stafford, when, to me, they had a lot of a lot more glaring needs it, overall. Like, I didn't get that at all. I really didn't. Um, them taking Stetson Bennett, of all people, I mean, I think there was still even different, different, more viable options than Stetson Bennett, but they, somehow or another, they saw some type of stock in him, so they took him in their fourth round. And the Chargers taking the old lineman instead of a tight end with Zach Kuntz and a couple of other guys still on the board at round five made me stretch my head. Now, Jordan McFadden is a great steal for them, but it wasn't a deep need, in my opinion. I really felt like they could have, they had a more of a need at tight end, you know, from a long-term perspective than they needed O-line at that moment. And I think they could have got that O-lineman or somebody of that elk in the later rounds. Even took a flyer on and Andrew Voorhees when he didn't really need him right away and just redshirted him. You could have did that and pick a tight end earlier. Kind of, kind of a head scratcher there, but again, not upset about the pick. But I think they should have went in a different direction. And then round six, Tre'Davious Hodges Tomlinson, but making it to the sixth round. Like, how did this kid with this skill set? I understand he's small and he's he's small in frame and in height, but he can play. <laughs> he could definitely play. And you know, just the pedigree that he comes from and the knowledge that he has and how well he did at TCU, despite that, all that, making me scratch my head about why he met last in the sixth round. I was very shocked at that. And in the seventh round, Maury Ojamo making it to the seventh round. Like, how did he not get picked in the third or fourth round? I have no clue. One of the better D linemen in the draft for me. And nobody moved on him until the seventh round. Very odd. Very odd. But I hope it motivates both of them. That the fact they got drafted low, so they got something to prove. Hopefully that make, it works out for them. So moving on. So uh, talking about the draft as a whole. Now, we're going to talk quickly about the good, the bad, and the awkward. It's a draft recap, right? So I'm going to tell you who I felt like did good, who I felt like did completely bad, and who had an, an awkward draft, to say the least. And I'll give you reasons why. So start off with the good. I feel like the Eagles killed it. And I feel like the Steelers killed it. I feel like the state of Pennsylvania as a whole, east and west, did great in the draft. I mean, you're talking Jalen Carter, Nolan Smith, Sidney Brown, Keelan Ringo. They got Mario Jama, who I just talked about, in the seventh round. Killed the draft. The, the, the Steelers got Broderick Jones, Keanu Benson, Joey Porter, Donnell Washington, Nick Herbert, Corey Trice. I mean, the, the, the six out of the seven picks, one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, six out of the seven picks were hits. So yeah, they're, 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 they're off and running and they're going, they're definitely rebuilding in a fast, feverish pace. Definitely love what the state of Pennsylvania did in the draft. Also love what the Texans did as well as the Seahawks. They got their quarterback, C.D. Stroud, Will Anderson. They got Drew Scruggs. They got Tank Dale. They got Henry Toto Toto, Jerry Patterson as an as a interior lineman. I love what they did in the draft. And I think that the Texans are going to surprise some people. I think this is going to be that one team this year, especially since they got a quarterback and a new head coach and a new philosophy in-house. In they're going to surprise a lot of people. And they're going to beat teams that you think they're not, they shouldn't beat at this moment. Seahawks, man. In the last two years, they have murdered the draft. And I'm and I'm all, all here for it. That, that Russell Wilson Hall is amazing. Devin Witherspoon in the first round. Jackson Smith and Njibba in the first round. Derek Hall, I stretched my head at him over Ojolari, but it's still a decent pick. Charbonnet is a backup to Kenneth Walker. 
Oluwotimi, center from Michigan in the later rounds. Cameron Young, they murdered the draft, man. I think they did really well for themselves, and they they got young, good, and hurt, young and good in a hurry. So the watch over the Seahawks being that one between them and the 49ers for that particular in that division this year. I'm telling you, watch out for the Seahawks. And lastly, the Colts. I mean, the Colts killed the draft as well. Anthony Richardson, quarterback, is for the future. Julius Brent, cornerback. Josh Downs is a wide receiver. Blake Freeland, out of Tomawa Autobawari. You know I love him. He went there. Hey, Will Mallory in the later rounds is a tight end. Darius Rush. Listen, I, you know, probably 60 to 70% of the draft is all hits for me. All hits. I mean, some other guys are developmental, but I think that, you know, 60 to 70% of the draft is all hits. And I think they're going to play right away. I love what they did. The Colts killed the draft as well. Now let's talk about the bad. <laughs> the 49ers had a bad draft. I mean, man, listen, out of that first, outside that first pick, and then they pick a kicker in the third round, which is, I mean, Michigan's kicker was really good, but I mean, a kicker in the third round, who would have thought? Cameron Lotu from Alabama, that tight end, I don't know. To go along with George Kittle, I don't know. D winner is the only, only person who won't play because you got Fred Warner and company there already. He went there. I'm just like, that's just special teams pick. So very odd and very strange and, and a very wasteful time and energy from the scouting department in this draft for the four nines. It was it was pretty bad. That's pretty bad. Saints as well. Saints and Saint only Saints not only was bad, but it was awkward. Because I just don't see what the direction is. Because they took Brian Brissy in, in the first round and is is the interior D lineman. But I think they need more so needed edge. But they did go edge in the second round, but they had better options. And they went up with Isaiah Foskey. Only team pick I literally did like it was Kendra Miller at, at three, uh, the backup uh, Alvin Kamara. But outside of that, maybe AT Terry works out okay because he's the fast. But I don't know, man. I, I, this is a very awkward draft, and I'm not sure what the Saints were trying to accomplish here. I really feel like it was a waste of time. Cowboys as well. I really don't know what the Cowboys were doing here either. The Mozzie Smith pick in the first round was head-scratching. The Luke Schoolmaker pick in the second round, where there were better, more athletic options out there, head-scratching as well. DeMarvion Overshawn is the one I kind of liked. I kind of liked that pick. Um, Deuce Vaughn, his dad working in an organization, was a good, good feel-good pick. But I'm not sure about him, and I'm not sure about, Vill- about Fioco. I mean, you know, he had decent production in college, but is he going to hit? Is he even going to play? Because they talk about Michael Parsons being a full-time editor this year. Along with you paying Demarcus Lawrence already, I, I would like to believe that he's not going to get a lot of burn. He's not. I mean, Mozzie's probably the only one that's going to play significant snaps early on. Maybe him and Schoolmaker, but yeah, I, I, I think the Cowboys had a had a rough go. Uh, the Commanders as well, same division. They took Emmanuel Forbes in the first round over Christian Gonzalez. I didn't understand that. I really felt like they could have taken uh, him and Jatavius Martin in the first couple of rounds and I'd have been all for what they were doing. But back in the draft was weird and awkward and bad. I mean, just look at the names. Stromberg, Daniels, Henry, Rodriguez Jr., Andre Jones Jr. I'm like, who are these guys? Who are these guys? I mean, you drafted positions of air quote need, but they're not valuable picks. And I feel like there were better names out there to ultimately, you know, come into the fold and be better uh, suited for you to draft. I, I just don't understand it. I, I mean, you might have no, you might know something, or it might fit your scheme a little bit better because I don't know the inner workings of your scheme, but I know talent. And whether, regardless of your scheme, you gotta have a certain level of talent to be able to play in this league. And I'm just questioning whether or not these guys you drafted have it. I really don't. I'm really not sure. I feel like the Commanders were a little bit of a rough go as well from the bad perspective. 
They last to the Dolphins. I mean, they hit on Cam Smith, I feel like, but they, that's a third corner because they got Jalen Ramsey and Xavier Howard already. So I'm like, okay, so Cam Smith's going to be the slot guy more so, but I'm not sure he is a prototypical slot. Devin O'Kane, the running back, when they got a stable of running backs already, was head-scratching. Then they got Elijah Higgins and Ray, Ryan Hayes. Like, who? <laughs> Come on, man. Come on, Dolphins. Do better. Do better. I don't know. Weird draft. But again, that Shanahan regime knows how to run a offense or a defense, depending on who you're talking about. But they don't draft too well, it doesn't seem like. I don't know. Then we fold over to the awkward. <laughs> Woo! And, and, and it was some awkward drafts for most of the reasons. But the most glaring one for three out of the five teams in this list is the fact they had a bunch of picks. They had a boatload of picks. And they had glaring needs. And they could have really overturned their roster in a short amount of time. And they didn't They didn't accomplish the feat. And they had opportunities to do it. They had household names and productive names at the, at the, at the forefront of the time they picked. And they just opted not to pick them. I didn't get it. The Rams, especially, I don't know what the hell the Rams were doing in their draft. I don't get it. Like, only it's only two names on this list, maybe three, that I can see that makes any sense for this team. And how bad the roster was going into the draft, I'm like, they got to kill a draft in order to get better. And they didn't do it. <laughs> Steve Avila is the only, only guy for Bonafide starter. Guard slash center. He's going to play. Uh, Kobe Turner is a deep tackle, may play some. I think he might play next to Aaron Donald a little bit, maybe. And Trey Thomason. I think that him being the slot corner, um, but his athleticism is going to be, but he's undersized. So if you line up a bigger receiver in the slide, he's going to struggle. Didn't really get that. So, and then the, they pick a bunch of guys that and they kept doubling down on edge and D-line. And they picked up receivers that we never heard of. And it was like safeties we never heard of. Now, mind you, I give them a, a smidge of credit because somehow, some way in, in, in pre- previous draft, they turned fifth and sixth round picks into starters and productive players in their scheme. So, I'm not going to completely write it off, but it was awkward. That's why they didn't get a bad grade. They got an awkward grade because then they may turn some of these guys that we don't know about into stars. But Davis Allen scratched, made me scratch my head because he ran a, ran a 4940 in the combine as a tight end. I don't know. The Packers were weird. They had they they had glaring needs on the O-line, and they didn't address it at all. They went edge. They went tight end twice. They went receiver when they had two already, two good ones already. Went kicker, uh, running back safety, uh, you know, when they got bona fide guys in these positions already, I, I didn't understand. A very awkward draft to me. I don't know what they were doing when they were trying to reboot things with Jordan Love. I don't get it. It was very weird. Very weird draft for them. I mean, I get it. Now, Tucker Craft and Luke Musgrave and Lucas Van Ness are good players, but you, you needed one tight end, not two. You needed you needed uh, one edge and you needed some O-linemen and they didn't draft not one O-linemen. And they're usually good at that. They draft the old lineman in the later rounds and make them with stars. Rough go. Rough awkward go. The Bucks and the Jaguars to me were was were worried as well. Like I think that you need you had a needed quarterback for the Bucks. I think you needed I needed some interior old linemen. I think you needed some some uh some tight end help. And they had opportunities to do this much earlier, and they didn't. They went Kalaja Kansi to line up again with Vita Vea, which was kind of odd. Um, now, granted, he's a player, and he's going to make the defense interior is going to be that much better. But, you know, I don't know if that was been my pick at that moment. They had a, they had a shot at Dawson Kincaid, and they didn't take him. I would have took Dawson Kincaid in, that, in my pick without 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 question. Cody Mock could, could play possibly play tackle for them. Yaya Diaby, uh, edge, and when you got two edge already, kind of weird. Linebacker, 
who I never heard of from Pitt. They got a tight end who is lowly productive and Trey Palmer. The only part of the person I really feel like that there's, you know, worth any notoriety. But again, Trey Palmer is going to be the fourth guy on the roster. Now the Jaguars, you know, they got a couple of names on here I like, but I feel like they missed the boat. Because you got to realize the Jaguars team is already young. They're young, very, very young. I mean, we're talking about super young, a lot of rookie deals on, in this big group, right? And they kept picking younger guys, younger unnamed and un uh, untracked uh, guys that aren't tracking from a, uh, a production perspective, you know, because I like Anton Harrison. Brendan Strange pick was picked, was weird, but when he had better tight ends out there, Venture Will Miller, I like Antonio Johnson, I like, but that's it. But again, what are you going to do with these fifth and sixth round guys that are all young and, and you got younger, young guys ahead of them who are, or are proven that are going to play ahead of them? And these guys are never going to see the field. So, what they should have done. And they did. They didn't do is they should have packaged up some of these picks and then later rounds moved up in the draft and picked maybe four to five guys that they really really liked and moved on instead of just picking just to be picking. And I really feel like that's what they were doing, and they're wasting picks because some of these guys, a lot of these guys, are not going to play at all ever. <laughs> just because so, again, they guys guys that are just as young as them on the roster already who were proven high round picks and they're paying them more money. So they're going to play, but that was very awkward to me. And lastly, the Vikings. I mean, I saw the first pick. I don't know what the hell they were doing. I don't. I really don't get it. I mean, the last pick is, is the most telling for me. They picked up Dwayne McBride as a running back, and they got Madison to cook already. They haven't moved Cook yet, and I don't think they're going to at this point. They're going to keep him. You're paying both running backs, so you pick up a third. That's kind of odd. Uh, picked up a D-tackle, uh, Jake Quill and Roy, who's kind of, you know, eh. Um, Makai Blackman was in the third. I think there was better corners on the board still above him, but he picked him. And then Jordan Aston on the pick I really liked. Really white. It's just very awkward. When you had a lot of glaring needs on defense and you picked two corners when there were better names on the board. Pick a D tackle that's semi-productive. I don't really like his tape. A quarterback in, in, in the fifth and then a running back in the seventh. <sighs> awkward. Awkward, awkward, awkward. So, that's my take on it, man. I think that uh, I think that these teams, the ones that did good are flying high, and the ones that that are, they're bad and awkward, they got a lot of work to do. You might want to fire your scouting department and find somebody else that that'll give you better intel because that ain't it. That ain't it. But some people are here to win. Some people are here to make money. Some people are here just to be here. It is what it is. But that's gonna wrap it up for this week, man. I hope y'all like this recap, man, and uh, I hope you. We're on the lookout for my sleepers, man. I'm telling you, these sleepers in this draft are going to be hits. Just wait on it. Just wait on it. But in the meantime, between time, until next week, I'll see you when I see you. Step up and lock it down.